Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Classified documents, just unacceptable. Vice President Pence. Dozen classified documents have been found. We're going to treat Pence the exact same way we treat Biden. Spinning out of control. If you want to talk about Swalwell, his knowledge and relationship with the Chinese spy. To hold Mr. McCarthy accountable. The Ukrainians can win. Give them the weapons they need, beginning with tanks. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. We are not going to run out of material today, I can tell you that. Lots to talk about. WRAL is reporting that the town of Hillsborough yesterday announced the arrest of a man connected to the October injury of an 82-year-old Home Depot employee. I don't know if you remember this. We, we reported on it when it happened. 82-year-old Gary Rasser was uh, working at the Home Depot and 26-year-old Terry Anthony McMillan came through and uh, decided as he was coming out of the home and garden section of uh, the Home Depot with a couple of power washers valued at only $800. Um, This 82-year-old decided, I said, wait a minute, he came out of his little booth there that's in the garden section and said, well, you've got to pay for that. The guy just came over and pushed him down, knocked his head against uh, the concrete floor, and I think it was a pole that was sitting there. Uh, Anyway, the 82-year-old, taken to the hospital, he did live for several weeks. He he ended up passing away. Um, This McMillan character was arrested yesterday. Hmm. And unfortunately, um, according to the um, district attorney, uh, a guy by the name of uh, Jeff Neiman. Um, this guy, he will be uh, tried for murder, but he will not visit Sparky. <laughs> That's the only disappointing part of this uh, story. Uh, where was this McMillan from? I think he was local there. And I don't know. Uh, no, Durham. He was from the Durham area. So mm-hmm. he went from Durham up to uh, Hillsborough to rob the Home Depot. Yeah, and that's probably another case. Uh, don't obviously, I ain't looked at the facts because I'm not. I didn't see that story, but uh, you know, another case of criminals being emboldened by by the fact that you know they don't, far nothing too happens. long, nothing happens, yep. and yep. and mm, it's so. very unfortunate for the guy's family. Well, it was. Uh, he was. Uh, it was right before Christmas. He was going to go away on a trip with his grandkids for Christmas, and uh, it just it's it's infuriating that. Uh, I mean, now this this guy, uh, McMillan, very well could spend the rest of his life in prison without chance of parole. Uh, I would hope that would happen at minimum. I'm sorry uh, Sparky was taken out of the equation. News and Observer is reporting a North Carolina OBGYN who successfully challenged the state's 20-week abortion law is now suing the state over its abortion pill laws. In a lawsuit filed today, Amy Bryant, a UNC health doctor, said the state laws conflict with federal regulations. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, wasn't the Dobbs decision, wasn't that what that was all about? Is <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you know, it's no longer a federal decision, but a state's decision. But don't let that get in the way of the News and Observer. Bryant brought a lawsuit in 2016 before the Dobbs decision with several other OBGYNs, challenged the North Carolina 20-week abortion ban. A federal court deemed the ban unconstitutional in 2019. Now, I mean, some states have gotten it down to six weeks. Some states have pretty much eliminated it altogether. 
And uh, North Carolina very well might uh, take it down to 13 weeks, according to what we've heard from uh, Keith Kidwell. But, um, uh, you know, it's a, a federal court then deemed the ban unconstitutional in 2019, a ruling that was reversed when the Supreme Court overruled Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs. Okay, News and Observer, why are you reporting on this as some big deal that this is an earth-shattering you know, deal that this OBGYN suing the state? Good luck. <laughs> and it, now, it is frustrating that, that the state will have to go on tax, the taxpayer's dime and go and defend itself oh, yeah. for what we know is, we know how it's going to turn out. Now, I, I, I understand that they very well might find some left-wing progressive judge who will try to defy the Supreme Court. But, you know, wh- why, uh, this, it's really interesting. When it was happening the other way, you know, what do we hear from all the progressives that, you know, Roe is the established law of the land? Well, first of all, it never was a law of the land. There was <laughs> yeah. never a law passed that had anything to do with abortion. It was an opinion by the Supreme Court. It was not established law. But now that now that Roe has been overturned, it's just like the progressives that well, so what? Yeah, it will be interesting in North Carolina that when I when I hear um, when I hear you know some of the Republicans uh, in this in the House and the Senate and some people off the record that I talk to, <clears throat> I, I think there's going to be some interesting battles in the next few months in the General Assembly about some bills that come out as far as abortion in North Carolina, but because I think there's some people that have some i shouldn't say extreme views um i, I know they got some there's some people who got some extreme views on the left if they they think it should just happen anytime anywhere anymore oh, yeah. even but, after the baby is born but there's also i've heard a few people that talk about some positions that i that i don't agree with 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 no exceptions and i and i personally think there should be exceptions and in the, obviously in the health of the mother or in the case of you know rape or incest well you know the irony was even before roe um, and that became a controversial thing. There were were exceptions. I yeah. mean, yeah. When now, you know, not because she's going to have a psychological issue, but obviously, if the if the mother's life is if she's in danger of losing her life, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's a triage decision where you go in and you say, okay, w- what is the best scenario here? And you go in. Obviously, when that happens, you try to save both lives. But when push comes to shove, you know, I would say, yes, the mother would take priority over the baby in the womb. But, you know, that's the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. And, you know, exceptions make bad law. Yeah, it does. And I, and I but just hearing some, some comments, I, I can just see, I can see some people are going to take some positions that, that they feel, they feel like they're, you know, pretty much in, in safe districts and take some pretty strong positions. And I think really just to get some attention and I, it may come back to bite them. I don't know. Well, we need to pass, we need to pass laws in, in regard to abortion that uh, in, in regards to the pro-life movement that have a reasonable chance of passing now. Yeah. And you know what? If it, it doesn't mean you can't tighten them up down the road. Mm-hmm. But if it's, it's, you know, I'd like to eliminate it altogether with, with the reasonable exceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I recognize that's highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. So what can we get that will protect the unborn, that will protect the baby in the womb for as, as much as we can get right now? Let's go after that. And let's tighten it down, down the road. And, and I think you'll see some Democrats, too, that, that in North Carolina especially, that will break from the Democrat Party, because really, 
if you don't have an extreme position of abortion now on the Democrat side of an abortion anytime up to and after birth, I mean, right. I mean, let's and anybody wants to question me on that, they can call and question me on that. But that is your position of the National Democrat yeah. Party. Go, go it, look at your platform. It just is. Yeah. And there's some there's some Democrats in North Carolina that will not be comfortable taking that position. It'll be interesting Good. to see. It'll be interesting to see what uh, you might want to leave the party. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you have to become a Republican, go independent. Uh, interesting story out of the Carolina Journal today. A young um, co-ed by the name of Caroline Peacock, who is a journalism major at High Point University, has written a very good piece that appeared in the Carolina Journal. Uh, it has to do with the fact that the High Point University College Republican chapter had an event canceled by someone in the administration uh, an event that they were going to have. Now, the event was uh, the filming of a Daily Wire film called The Greatest Lie Ever Sold, George Floyd and the Rise of BLM. And at least you think, well, this was some, you know, fringe white supremacy group. The, the, the person that, I don't know if she produced it, but she was the, basically the host of the film was Candace Owens. All right. <clears throat> who is a, a sharp young lady, uh, African-American, um, very conservative. And uh, they wanted to show this, this film. Now, they came back and they told the college Republicans, you, you can't show the film because you don't have the proper license to show the film. Well, that was a bald-faced lie, apparently, according to this article, mm -hmm. that the, uh, the head of the college Republicans had followed all the rules, made sure that they had the proper authority to show the film. They went to show it, and uh, just days before it was supposed to be featured, uh, it got yanked. Uh, the sad thing was the number of tolerant people on the left who are anything but tolerant, who sent all kinds of threats two members of the Republican uh, college, Republican uh, chapter. You will pay in blood. This is shy of terrorism. Hope you get gutted. Aren't. Um, but, you know, here's, here's the question. Uh, we were talking about High Point University before we went on the air, and uh, I've always thought that it was a fairly conservative uh, university, and after talking to Benny, it's probably more conservative than I even imagined. Yeah, I, I, and I'm a, I'm not I'm gonna paraphrase here because I know I'm gonna mess it up. But Nito Quibane, that is the president of High Point University, that, that I mean, some can argue their astounding growth in their endowment and and the campus is due to him because I mean he's he's one of the highest paid presidents in the entire country in the college system. But he is he is, I mean, pretty conservative. And I, I've seen uh, because because I've got kids that are uh, I got friends kids went to high point now and, and we get promotional stuff from high point university all the time um my, my boys have and uh i mean he promotes he says something like you know we are a we are a god country family first university and that's not for everybody but that's high point i mean he says that it's something like paraphrase i'm paraphrasing but it's something like that and you know that's unusual for a, a oh, university yeah. president particularly a private one to say that but uh, it's it's amazing how academia 
is swimming upstream in order just just to be neutral on these issues, oh, yeah. let alone conservative. And I'm talking about not only schools like High Point University, but I'm talking about you know Christian schools that have been around for decades and decades that were founded upon biblical principles. And in many of these schools, you now have a woke contingency that is constantly battling against the charter of the school, against yeah. the mission statement of the school. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, I, I don't think that tone of the way they treated the college Republicans, I don't think that tone is coming from the top. Unfortunately, you probably have got people uh, you know, that are projecting their own, their own beliefs where – you can't have free speech, um, and and we're you know say, saying that these people, uh, I think one of the comments were te- you know calling them terrorists or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's ridiculous because the the whole BOM movement that that is the perfect way to say it. The greatest lie ever told. I mean, it was an absolute lie that that sold out corporate and institutional America because everybody was afraid to be labeled racist because of the George Floyd incident. Anyone that watched that video of George Floyd and wasn't sickened by the way that guy, I mean, kept his knee on his neck for so long, that was just uncalled for. I mean, regardless of the fact that he was a fentanyl addict and had a crime crime rap sheet sheet from here to Aiden. Held held a gun against a pregnant girlfriend. (laughs) But still, that that wasn't appropriate. But that that whole movement, that that was just a moment to say, you know what? There's time for the Democrat Party to jump in and try to divide people again. And you had this this racist Marxist organization, BOM, that went out and raided tens of millions of dollars and then just oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. just and went out and bought real estate real, real estate lived like rock stars what and, was their first name colors were his last was yeah. her last name yeah uh, the the woman who had started the whole movement because became independently wealthy and then resigned i mean i had friends that donated to it i had friends that that said you know i just don't understand how what what, what you have against this blm movement and then i would direct them to BOM's own words, and they were astonished. It was a Marxist website. And, and I mean, it was, they, they gladly, and, and they bragged, the leaders bragged about the fact that they were Marxists. And, and I, you know, my, my response to them, I said, you know, in this day and age, the information is so easy to find that if you don't realize about organizations like this, it's difficult to be that will, willfully ignorant, but there's a lot of people oh. that are. <laughs> I mean, it's really difficult, but they do a good job of being that Amen. way. Amen. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ultra high inflation. And it's my top domestic priority. To ultra high cost of living. I know you gotta be frustrated. I can taste it. It pays to be ultra well informed. We're throwing money away like drunken sailors. I'm so pissed off. When you join the conversation, we're just printing more money, which adds to inflation, which destroys the American family. That makes me sick. What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 1037. Just got a text from a uh, listener who uh, said that uh, we were talking about the High Point University and just made the comment. And this probably uh, this is probably a good insight that it very well might not be the administrator. It very well could be the general counsel who is making that decision. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. and the general counsel of a university, unfortunately, uh, well, they, they they could have a bias 
but they also could be so so concerned that some you know if something did happen and the fight did break out you know <laughs> yeah the but cha- the chancellor at high point nito quibane i can guarantee you this today there was a meeting between him and his lieutenants <laughs> at the university <laughs> i can i can guarantee you that <laughs> by the way we're going to try to get this young lady or or perhaps the head of the uh republican party at high point um, we're going to see if we can schedule a uh, interview with uh, one of the two of them maybe both of them Quick look at your weather forecast. Tonight, rain early, then remaining cloudy with showers overnight. Isn't showers and rain the same thing? Um, Low of 46. Chance of rain uh, in the earlier part of the evening is 100%. And possible another half inch could come down. Uh, I'm sure we've already had a half inch here in the Greenville area. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine, a high of 54. Tomorrow night, clearer, but uh, low of 32. Friday's going to be nice, uh, high around 50. And then Saturday's going to be really nice. Lots of sunshine both days. High on Saturday, near 60 degrees. Uh, the graphic says 55. My notes here say 58. So uh, all in all, not bad for a January Saturday. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Have you heard the news? Ironwood at Golf and Country Club was voted best golf course in Greenville for the fourth year in a row. They boast an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course members-only full-service dining areas, monthly social events, competition-sized swimming pool, clay tennis courts. Ironwood is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. And here's perhaps one of the nice perks that Ironwood has over a lot of other clubs. When you join Ironwood, you're essentially members at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort, North Carolina, and Compass Point Golf Club at Magnolia Greens, located outside of Wilmington. So join one and play at four. For more information on how you can join, contact Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. So Joe Biden earlier today announced that he would be sending 31 M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine through, um, uh, though Luzinski's forces won't see the rolling stock for months to come, uh, it was sort of interesting that uh, this was sort of, well, I mean, he has been ridiculously generous with the taxpayers' money going over to Ukraine. J- mentioned just briefly yesterday how Ukraine, um, there, there's another example over there. It had to do with food supplies to the, uh, to the soldiers there, but how someone is uh, getting their palms greased. Uh, it'd be, I, I don't know how you would make money off of uh, M1 tanks, but somebody will. Mm-hmm. Somebody over there will. Uh, I don't know if it ha- what the payback will look like. Uh, Biden was asked if, um, okay, did you change your mind and decide to send the tanks? Uh, did Germany force you to do that? Because Germany has stepped up to the plate, and they're going to send a bunch of tanks over there. Uh, Biden, of course, you know, as he laughs everything. I mean, he, this guy laughs everything off. You know, when you laugh everything off, you're either crooked or you're nuts. <laughs> or you just don't or both. Know, or you just don't know what in the hell they're asking you. And I think that's probably the case with him. <laughs> it probably is. But um, he said, "No, no, no. Germany didn't force my hand." Now, what's interesting about this is, uh, of course, he lies about everything. Uh, what's interesting about this, though, is while that was happening here, over in Russia, there are stories coming out that Vladimir Putin is trying to purchase all the American weaponry that Joe left behind in Afghanistan. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, I don't I don't I'm not surprised at all. 
I'm not. Mm. <laughs> According to The Sun, Putin is overseeing negotiations with the Taliban to recognize the Taliban government. In return, the Russian leadership is offering a major arms and military equipment swap. Putin reported that the Taliban possesses weapons and equipment, inclu including those seized uh, after coming to power in Afghanistan. Uh, I mean, it's, we're not talking about millions of dollars. We're talking about billions of dollars, mm -hmm. like $7 billion worth of equipment, including yeah, Humvees, mm -hmm. helicopters, airplanes, tanks. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing that we possibly will have going for us that he wouldn't be able to operate everything is he, he doesn't have spare parts and he probably lacks a lot of ammo. But and, and it even gets crazier. There's also stories out. I mean, can we try this guy for treason? I mean, I know we're not at war with these people, but my gosh, he has then gone and and to Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. All three countries have a history of communism and despot leadership. He has gone to all of them and saying, hey, if you send your Russian, and there's a reason why they have Russian arms down there, because they're Russian allies. If you send your Russian arms over to Ukraine so that they can use them in the war against Russia, the United States will replace the arms with military equipment from America. You know, additionally, we we forget that uh, Broadway Joe, Beijing Joe, released Jackass Joe, released <laughs> the most prolific Russian arms dealer in the world yeah. Yeah. just a few months yeah. ago. That was weeks ago for a WNBA basketball player yeah. that hated uh -huh. America because, and she was over there in prison for smoking dope. Um, I mean, Victor Bout or Bow, whatever his name was, or Bo, I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah. But he was the dealer that was yeah. really. He's probably out right now making oh, yeah. deals, making deals, making deals. He's with probably heading up this deal, deal with the Taliban. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, wonder what old Victor would make off this deal with the Taliban and between Taliban and Russia. You, you know? can't make it up. <laughs> and I mean, here's the thing we're over there sending billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine and their soldiers are going to get killed with our arms. Thank you. I mean, this, this guy is such, such, how can you possibly see what he's doing and say to yourself, this guy is all for America. This guy, you know, don't, don't get up there and tell us how, Oh, you know, God bless the, the USA and, and uh, God bless our troops. And I mean, this guy is, all he cares about, well, he doesn't care about the United States. He doesn't care about the American people. That's obvious. Well, the America that Joe Biden inherited, I just reminded of what my dad used to talk about somebody. He would say, you know, this guy, could, he could take chicken salad and turn it into chicken manure. And that's basically what Joe yeah. Biden, I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the border, some, whether it's military. Yeah, and if you're a Democrat out there, call us in and uh, come on, yeah. sell me on Joe Biden. Yeah. Sell me on what Joe Biden has done for the last two there years. There you go. Five six one eight two five five. Five. We'd love to hear from you. Five six one eight two five five. Is anybody going to admit it? I mean, <laughs> right now the Democrats want to get rid of Joe. But I, be honest with you, though, I don't think I don't think Obama would object to. Uh, what Joe is proposing. And, of course, Joe doesn't propose this. I mean, he didn't go to Cuba and Nicaragua and Venezuela. He's, it was somebody higher up the ladder. It was, it was Obama or somebody else that was dictating down the, down the line. Joe, say this. Joe Biden is doing exactly what Obama's 
structure of Valerie Jarrett, uh, Susan Rice, yep. all with the direction of George Soros and other liberal progressives um, that hate America. Joe Biden's doing exactly what they're telling him to do, and and he he's just he's just reading whatever's in front of him. Whatever's in front of him, he reads it maybe. Some new polling numbers out. Uh, first of all, in the state of North Carolina, new poll done by differentiator, differentiator data for the North Carolina Values Coalition. Uh, that's Tammy Fitzgerald, who was on with us about a week or so ago. Um, and the North Carolina Faith and Freedom Coalition show leaders for the governor's race. Um, first of all, uh, in North Carolina... This is the first poll since Stein announced his candidacy for governor of North Carolina. Likely gubernatorial candidate Mark Robinson, who is not announced yet, uh, although that was the individual that Stein attacked in his opening online social media ad. Robinson leads 42.4% over Stein 41.6%. Hmm. And again, that's, that's, that's pretty strong considering uh, Mark Robinson hadn't even announced yet. Yeah, that's real strong, I think. Uh, after two years of Joe Biden, Republican primary voters want a winner. Uh, in the primary, um, Republican primary voters want a winner. DeSantis led the field 47.4% with a 12.7% margin over Trump. Only 35% of primary voters think Trump should be the nominee. 58 uh, 56.8 thinks somebody else has a better chance. Um, general election voters favor DeSantis over Biden by 5%. Trump, who lost to Biden by 1.3% in 2020, is now trailing Biden by 3.8% in early 24 race. Now, that was, again, the poll that was done for North Carolina values. I really wanted to point out the Robinson vote uh, versus Mark Stein. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, do you think there will be um, another individual by the Democrats that would you, well, lo, lo, do you think they will put up a black candidate against Mark Robinson? I, I, I think that is one of the reasons he tried to, he just came out so early because uh, he wants to try to build that momentum build a big war chest because, uh, you know, they, they I, I mean, there, there's some young, there's some young uh, black uh you know, male candidates uh, with North Carolina ties wouldn't really say they're North Carolinians, but North Carolina ties. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's You know what's interesting about this poll, too? Now, it wasn't a huge poll, but it wasn't small. 500 registered voters. Now, you know, if you, generally speaking, as you get closer to an election and they try to get a little bit more accurate, you want to go after likely voters because likely voters are much more informed and they're more likely, obviously, to go to the polls. But if you're going to registered voters, and the reason why I bring this up, it means some of these registered voters aren't necessarily informed. And yet, Mark Robinson still ends up in this poll beating Stein in the poll. Yeah, you know, that historically, I agree with that. But, but you think about with the way the mail-in voting is going on and the absentee voting is going on, that might be harder predictor yeah. going forward. Yeah, you know yeah. because yeah. I agree because you know likely just means that uh, you can get a ballot in your mailbox and 
it's going to be yeah it used to mean you'd have to get in your car and drive yeah. down to the polling place now you get a ballot yeah. in your mailbox and they've got you've got someone in the democrat party say hey dummy check this box yep oh, yeah. and that's what's going on so now it's interesting because the national numbers in in that poll are a little different than a new poll that came out from the emerson college polling folks uh that poll shows trump winning against biden and then also shows trump beating desantis former president trump leads biden in a hypothetical 2024 presidential rematch according to this new emerson college poll in the findings 44 percent of respondents said they would support trump in the 24 election while 41 percent said they would support biden 10 percent said they would support somebody else four percent said they didn't were undecided um, in a Biden versus DeSantis 24 matchup, 40% of respondents said they supported Biden. 39% said they supported DeSantis. So that was basically just a split. Since the November Emerson College National Poll, Trump's support has increased by three percentage points. From 41% to 44%, Biden's support has decreased by four percentage points from 45 to 41. Biden has uh, solidified his support amongst minority voters no surprise there. 72% of Hispanic Democrats would uh, vote for him. 75% of black Democrats would vote for Biden to be the nominee. Um, where Now, this is, this is also interesting, where 51% of white Democrats think somebody else should be the nominee. In the primary, uh, for the Republican primary, Trump leads DeSantis. Now, this is the second poll. I can't remember who the uh, previous poll was, but there was, uh, which I thought was an outlier poll when we reported on it a couple of weeks ago with Trump leading DeSantis. But this Emerson College poll has Trump at 55%, DeSantis at 29%, Pence at 6%, although uh, that poll was taken before they found uh, <laughs> classified information. <laughs> that, the, these docs is a big nothing burger. Yeah, it will yeah. be. Uh, Nikki Haley, 3%, somebody else, 4%. And I know this is this is so early, it's crazy. Yeah, well, Emerson College, uh, I just got to say, you know, na- national polls for the president means nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. state it's by state, state. It is state by state. And, but it's fun to look at. But Yeah, it's fun to look at. But I, I'd like for them, for Emerson College, to do a poll and just look at Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and Nevada. Because that's who's going to determine your president yeah, right there. because they'll cheat. <laughs> five six one eight two five five. We still have John on the line. Yes. Hey John. Hey John. John, you with us? Hey sir, can you hear me? I can. Welcome on. Yeah, my apologies. Um, no, I heard you guys uh, a little bit off topic, but uh, um, discussing uh, uh, diamond and silk yesterday, and um, yes. I found it very interesting. One of the one of the articles yesterday that. Uh, and not to speculate, but um, her, her her statement was very, I, I think, kind of revealing in the ceremony over the weekend. And one of the one of the things was, uh, I mean, we all know what happened based on her explanation, but that the, an autopsy was was not performed, and uh, which is very interesting because going all the way back to October of twenty one, there's a the lead pathologist in Germany's name is Dr. Burkhart. And he's got a three-page uh, um, COVID vaccine-specific autopsy, which is very expensive because you have to take sample tissues, uh, uh, you know, samples of tissue, and and you will not see this in an ordinary autopsy of how the uh, killer T cells and lymphocytes invade 
um, the surrounding tissues, every organ, the heart, the lymph nodes, liver, um, reproductive organs, so on and so forth. And, uh, I mean, if people understood, I mean, if they were on following Alex and Alex Berenson, mm-hmm. Dr. Malone, Peter McAuliffe, um, uh, on, on their sub stacks or going to gateway pundits or zero hedges, um, because you, yeah, if you, you want the information, you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. You are not going to see this on mainstream. Tucker Carlson may, may kind of, um, he'll hit the wave tops and he'll get into some, some details here and there, but, um, you have to, you have to turn the TV off and go to these places because you would be astounded. I probably have two, 300, Articles from uh, dating back to fall of 21 of just, you know, 8-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 17, 49-year-olds. Oh, we've been talking about that, just the the number of uh, healthy young individuals that uh, just uh, have just keeled over. And, uh, you know, you can say, well, you know, there's more news reporting on those things. There's no more news reporting than there was two years ago. And uh, the the number of... uh, young people, healthy young people that have died suddenly. I mean, I would now, again, this is anecdotal. I, I, I haven't done any hard empirical studies on it, but I look at the news every day and I can certainly say with confidence, there's a whole lot more of that happening than there was a couple of years ago. There's no doubt. Absolutely. You nailed it. Um, Hey John, we're up against the break. Do appreciate the call. And, uh, Uh, You're right, and uh, I would encourage our folks to dig deeper on that. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Hey, welcome back. It is News and Views, Tom and Benny, and we got Chris uh, turning the dials this afternoon. Eric Swalwell, you know, Fang Fang's boyfriend, he is now complaining, along with Adam Schiff, and uh, who was the third uh, jokester on there? Ilhan Omar. Yeah, Omar. Yeah. Um, Little, um, uh, she was from Africa. Was she, she was from Africa, right? Yeah. Somalia. She was Somalia. Somalia. Yeah. 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 She yeah. she had that district carved out for her outside of Minneapolis yeah. for where all the Somalia. Yeah. And and interestingly, she's so Refugees. bad that a lot of Somalians don't like her. Yeah. And of course she was the one that married her brother. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not kidding. Yeah, and paid paid him a bunch of campaign money out of her campaign. Yeah. It's just she learned it from the Democrats. Well, he she ended up uh having a, a horizontal shuffle moment with uh, the camp her campaign guy or somebody that was working on her ads and hmm. uh yeah, she's she's uh, a piece of work. Anyway, they're complaining because Kevin McCarthy has taken them off of their committee assignments. And, you know, this is this is so interesting. Once again, you've got a situation where remember Harry Reid when he decided he was going to do the nuclear option, and uh, you know they said, well, if you go there, you realize you're setting the precedent on this. Well, Nancy Pelosi set the president when she's put together the January 6th committee. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was at that point when she put the January 6th committee together that McCarthy said, never in the history of Congress have you had a majority tell the minority who can be on a committee. But this new standard, which these Democrats have voted for, if Eric Swalwell 
cannot get a security clearance in the private sector, there's no reason why you should be given one to be on the intel of the Homeland Security. He will not be serving that. He said this right after Nancy Pelosi did her little January 6th committee picking. Mm -hmm. Here's what, uh, this is uh, cut one, uh, Chris. This is Eric Swalwell. He had a little microphone whining session earlier today. Even though we have said publicly these smears are bringing death threats, he continues to do it, which makes us believe that there's an intent behind it. But we will not be quiet. We're not going away. I think he'll regret giving all three of us more time on our hands. But at the end of the day, our mission now is to restore the credibility and integrity of this institution of which the speaker has so gravely, so gravely smashed and destroyed. Uh, you know, so you're sleeping with the enemy, literally sleeping with the enemy. And you have the chutzpah to get up and say that. Yeah, you know, the question I want to ask, and, and should be asked, it should have been asked by, the, the, if we had a free press in the United States, should have been asked of Nancy Pelosi, why in the hell would you put Eric Swalwell yeah. on the Intelligence Committee when, when the FBI, I mean, you know she was getting the information from the Justice Department. Hey, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, he couldn't pass security clearance. He was sleeping with a Chinese spy. She knew that information did it and anyway. still did it. I mean, these people want to destroy the United States. Well, You've got to come to that conclusion. I, you know, I don't. I don't notice that. I think it's for financial reasons. I guarantee you, she oh, made. She might be. Getting she paid made off a. By, she made a buck off yeah. of it. Swalwell made a buck off well, of it. Well, remember Feinstein's <clears throat> chauffeur was some communist spy. Oh yeah. The um. Well, so Swalwell and Schiff were both on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Schiff was the chairman of it. <laughs> Earlier Lord. today. Yeah. Mike Pompeo was on Fox. Here's what he had to say about Adam Schiff. Cut two. So I had the incredible privilege to serve on that committee. It covers the most classified, most difficult stuff. Not every member of Congress gets to see the information that the Intelligence Committee sees. And Adam Schiff lied to the American people. And during my time as CIA Director and Secretary of State, I know that he leaked classified information that had been provided to him. Now, the fact that Adam Schiff was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee almost ruined that committee. It serves an incredibly important function for the American people. Uh, Speaker McCarthy got this one exactly right. Uh, Adam Schiff should be nowhere near serving on the Intelligence Committee. I don't think he should be seeing classified information. When we provided information to him and to his staff, uh, it ended up in places it shouldn't have been with alarming regularity. Mm -hmm. And we could see it. So in the end, I decided I held back information from them. Uh, as a result of that, yeah. I just didn't have confidence that providing that information, which was my obligation to work with the congressional branch, right, to work with them, um, I didn't feel comfortable we could do that. And so um, I've been troubled by Mr. Schiff's behavior. He told the American people repeatedly, oh, there's more to know about the Russia hoax. He knew it wasn't true. He went after Devin Nunes in ways that were indecent when he knew what, what Representative Nunes had written was true. Um, he was out telling, telling a whopper. And you shouldn't be around the Intelligence Committee when you can't, you can't manage both classified information and the truth. Uh, kudos to Mike Pompeo to keep it PG by saying he told a whopper. Uh, <laughs> I think a few other words. Even CNN host Dana Bash acknowledged that McCarthy was right and that uh, Nancy Pelosi set the precedent. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, today, Kevin McCarthy. Sorry. Go for it. No, no. Today, Kevin McCarthy, when he, you know, he, he handled the PBS, I think it was the PBS reporter that mm -hmm. was asked him. I mean, he handled it just great you know yeah. i mean just he just beat her with the facts you know presented the facts yeah we're gonna take another time out stay with us more news and views right after this
back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. This is uh, almost laughable. Eric Adams, the New York mayor, he has come out and said, it's unfair for sanctuary cities to carry the weight for the border crisis. (laughs) So New York City Mayor uh, Eric Adams took to the airwaves and he is upset because all the illegals are coming to their sanctuary cities. Well, what did you expect, moron? <laughs> That's like blaming the distillery for you getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, you you come out and brag that everybody is welcome here. Come on in. We're we're compassionate. Come on in. And they come and you start complaining about it. <laughs> so he's trying to say, okay, you cities that do not believe in this should share equally. Yeah. You should share in the equity of taking in illegal aliens. Which, and, isn't that not typical? I mean, listen, California, they're going to want to get bailed out. Oh, yeah. They and want they, the rest of the nation to come bail them out with their stupid ideas. And if you have Democrat control in Washington, they will bail oh, California yeah. and New oh, York yeah. out at oh, the expense yeah. of the other taxpayers. It'll happen. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't make this up. Uh, you know, and, and he's blaming Republicans for blocking comprehensive immigration policies that have caused the massive influx of illegal crossing. Yeah, it's the Republicans' fault. <laughs> yeah, in the Democrats' view, the, the word comprehensive immigration reform, you know what that means. That means amnesty. Nothing yeah. else. That's yep. all it means to them. Yep. And, uh, hey, hey, the Democrats hadn't put up a bill. Nope. The only thing they've done was a constitutionally, I think, illegal executive order by Obama. I mean, that's the only thing the Democrats have and, done. And, uh, you know, the when are the, when are the states, you know, I've just heard an article a couple days ago that I think it was in Arizona where they had put up these uh, containers. Oh, yeah, the container boxes box. with the wire on And top. the federal government came in and said, take them down. When is the, when are these states going to say, you, you take them down? We're yeah. not doing it. Yeah, I'd We're leave not doing them there. It. Yeah. And meanwhile, up in King County, Washington, outside of Seattle, they don't have enough space to store the dead bodies from fentanyl. Mm. Can't make it up. All right, we got to run. Have a great day, a great night, and a good day tomorrow. And then we'll be back at five o'clock, play a little political trivia. We'll see you then. Bye bye, everybody.